Big Protein Mosley back on Global Conversations Part 2 and last time we spoke a little about your background and how you were living uh, in New York and, and this part we are going to talk mostly about Skid Row Journey Productions. So tell me how did you get the idea to start your production company like being homeless out on the streets and being a single parent is very difficult so how did all that start? Well, wow, how did I start Skid Row Journey Production? Actually, I was um, in South Carolina, living with a young woman, me and my daughter and her kids. And, uh, you know, things weren't going the way things should have been going at that time. So I was thinking about doing a reality show right. about homelessness because, uh, you know, reality shows had just came onto the scene. So what had happened was I went to Los Angeles and she kept my daughter for me. And uh, I went out there and got some spectacular raw footage, which I turned it into a documentary called Skid Row Journey, which was my very first documentary. Nice. But it started off on Skid Row. Then I met my daughter in New York because she was like 15, 16 at the time. And we went back into the shelter system and I filmed all of that. And then I went back to South Carolina and I um, went to my... Um, one of my homeboys' house named um, Anthony um, Antonio Thompson. Uh, his real name is Life. And um, I filmed it at his house, like make it like a, a story that twined in South Carolina, LA and um, New York, but it made it like it was a dream in South Carolina. And so then I just named the production company after the documentary. So that's how I came up with uh, Skid Row Journey Production. So how was the response to the documentary? Like, where did you put it up in YouTube or you submitted to film festivals or something like that? No, actually, uh, Mary, the, 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 the footage of it was so raw and so, um, at the time it was grainy because I used a, um, a high eight camera. And so um, the footage just didn't come out the way that I expected it for it to come out but it still was a very hit underground documentary, which um, a lot of people in many different cities and different states got a chance to see it. So it was an underground documentary. So no, it didn't go to the film festivals and it didn't um, you know, make television, but it was a very popular underground documentary. Right, and after that, during COVID, uh, you have been filming a documentary and I believe there is a book as well on Amazon, like uh, talking about how you made the documentary. So tell us about that. Like, how was the experience shooting during COVID and especially the conditions of uh, homeless people? Because I read on Twitter, like someone had written that uh, we want to know how did the homeless people survive coronavirus? So how was your experience regarding that? Well, actually how that came uh, along was um, I was laying in my bed and I seen um, on the news where all these individuals were taking shelter in place and nobody was talking about the homeless. So, um, you know, God gave me the, the insight to go out and educate the homeless. So I pulled my daughter in and uh, together she and I, we went out on the streets and we started educating the people. And so, you know, it was a risk taking event. Yeah. And so um, at first we was afraid because, you know, we just were like anybody else. We didn't know anything about the coronavirus or the impact that it might have if we were to catch it. 
And so the people out on the street, they were uh, five out of 10 people knew about the coronavirus. So that made it where it was five out of 10 that didn't know about it. So, you know, when the city of San Francisco and a lot of other people found out about that, you know, it was, you know, it was alarming. It made it where, you know, some changes that was made in California and then hotels were uh, having to take a whole bunch of homeless people and put them in hotels in different cities in America. We can't say that it came from what me and my daughter did, but, uh, you know, we kind of triggered that. So that's how the homeless coronavirus outreach um, came about. So how did you manage to sponsor the kits that you were giving to the homeless? Was it from your own savings or like somebody was sponsoring like the government or some organization? How did you manage that? Actually, I don't really even reach out to sponsors. I go out and I produce it and I shoot it, direct it, edit it, and, uh, you know, get like some rappers or somebody to do a soundtrack on it. And uh, so basically I shoot it off of an iPhone. And so with that being said, um, you know, production is kind of low, but you know, it still costs some. And, you know, I, I put up my own money for that. And so that's something that comes out of my own pocket, but I get the joy out of doing that. Get yeah. to see it on television and uh, yeah, now I'm reaching out to sponsors and all of that to try to sponsor my docu-series that I have out now. Okay, what, uh, what docu-series are you coming out with now? Tell us something. I have a docu-series. Yeah. The docu-series that I have now is called In Correspondence with Eric Protein Mosley. And um, what I do is go, I go from Los Angeles to Texas and I'm gathering compelling stories, okay. um, you know, about everyday issues of people that either have connections on the streets or either live on the streets. And basically our mission for this documentary series is um, to be in correspondence with the President of the United States. I'm not saying that he answered back, but my mission is to, to, to gain attention of the president of the United States to let him see what's going on in America firsthand from the streets and not just getting it from, you know, your major broadcasting. Right. So, but presidents, they keep changing every five years. So maybe, you know, it'll be better if you make it for the people, uh, for the audience, like a life-changing experience for the audience. That'll be better because presidents, they can come and go. Politicians come and go. They have their own agendas. But people, if they kind of wake up, that is more important. That's what I feel. Right. Yeah, you're right about that. Now, um, could you could you repeat that again? The, the last hand? Yeah, I said that politicians, you know, and all these celebrities, they just come and go. But if a documentary filmmaker can make a change, with this film, that is more important. Like people, they right. can yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. and actually coming, and actually coming from a perspective of someone who has been out on the streets, yes. and um, not just gone to school for journalism. I don't knock that in any type of form or fashion, but um, you know, somebody who's able to have um, the dialogue with the people of the streets and let them be able to express their opinions because like when you look at major broadcasting shows yes. the people aren't really opening up and really telling the stories like they want to tell them because they have to go by fcc regulations and things of that nature but what i do is i give the opportunity to a homeless person to really express their opinion yes. where uh to the point where a politician may have never understood that this was really going on right up under their nose exactly 
exactly so that is what my point is and coming back to your hollywood dreams like captain migro tell us something about that that is your dream project something like marvel that you're going to come up with yeah wow you know what i would love marvel to pick up on this but captain negro is the very first superhero from the streets of los angeles but he's from south central so that makes him the first superhero from los angeles and his mission is to br to bridge the gap in diversity and to educate about racism you know and what he does he, he breaks it down about the the uh the the tower of babel how we were all one and how after god got mad he split us all up in different nationalities and religions and so captain negro is just that cool brother you know from the 70s and um what had happened was he ended up he was like uh to, to keep it real he was a pimp from the street. See, I don't want him. I didn't want him to have a background like Superman and all of them. He had a real background of being a pimp from the streets. He got put into a coma by, um, you know, getting shot by a rival. And when he went into that coma, his nephew shot him with a chemical called Negro Uppernotch. And then he became Captain Negro. And he's going to be coming here to educate about racism and to bridge the gap in diversity. Now, yeah, he's already got a song on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, he's got a book out. He's got a song on Amazon. He's registered at the Writers Guild of America. He won a contest up in um, Hollywood. He's in a history book in Story Terrace. And this captain, he's got much more. And you could Google his name. And his name is he's recognized by Google. And this captain is about to come out. That's all I can tell you. Oh, and speaking about in your country, I wanted to say this. Okay. A lot of people don't know India, right? That's where you're from, right? Yes. India decides on who has a blockbuster. If if somebody puts a movie out and India doesn't take to that movie, it's not going to be a blockbuster in America. A lot of people don't know that. So I want India to pick up on Captain Negro and let's get this brother out there. Why don't you have me in your team with Captain Negro? <laughs> huh? I could be the Indian representative for Captain Negro. If you wish. Are you gonna are you gonna be the female representative for Captain yeah. Negro in India? Okay, yeah. look, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you up on that. I, I want you, I I, uh, I want you to wear a Captain Negro dress. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna get your sizes and I'm gonna make the dress and I'm gonna send you the dress and you wear the Captain Negro dress. Sure. I mean, you know, you can promote it by my show. You can promote it through me. You can give, send me the T-shirt or something like that. I could do that for you. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna do that. Yeah, that'll be great. Some that's exciting. Uh, and I saw your Instagram profile as well. So you have been, you know, uh, taking some photo shoot and all. Like I thought, uh, it's Hollywood. What is that modeling and all going on? Oh yeah. So when I was in Los Angeles, I was I had got off into modeling, acting, uh, besides the filmmaking um, and creating. And so, um, you know, the modeling, I didn't know that I was going to be able to do that, but that was the first time that I fit in the category that I had the right height, the right size, the right everything to become a uh, model. And so I just started modeling and my, the biggest uh, gig that I had was with uh, Visit Burbank, which is a website that um, is trying to invite people to visit Hollywood and Burbank. And I was surprised about getting on that. Uh, and acting, yes, I did a lot of acting out there. I've been in a lot of different little movies. 
I'm not going to say little because some of them were medium sized and some were big. There's some public service announcements. Okay. Been on national television out there. And, uh, you know, I just got a lot, had a lot going on out there. So, yeah, I have an IMBD. I got that going on, on if you Google my name. And um, to me, I look at acting as a hobby. It's not something I want to be recognized as. Uh, I look at it as a hobby. So it wasn't anything that I wanted to pursue. And now I'm out here in Austin, Texas, and I've been on a couple of little things out here. Did a little movie out here. And also was uh, did some uh, background work for a Netflix movie out here. Oh, wow. So you're coming on Netflix. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm just doing like some extra work. Like I'm in the background of some major scenes. Hmm. So I don't have any speaking roles on that. And so, uh, yeah. So actually, I was on a reality show in, um, in Los Angeles on Netflix. It was just a little flash in my face. But I was there, so I didn't make Netflix. So I'm just trying to move it up to the next level. But acting is like I'm saying. I do. I take that as a hobby. Okay. So the real love is for documentary filming. I'll say that again. Uh, I said the real love is for documentary filming. Well, not even that. My love is actually for being a social impact. Uh, yeah, I'm a right. homeless advocate. Yeah. Yes. And so the filmmaking is just a way, a vehicle that I use to uh, get my point across. So everybody thinks, oh, he's a filmmaker, he's a filmmaker. Yes, but that's second. I'm a, a homeless advocate first and I use filmmaking as a vehicle and so like when you see all the articles about me it says filmmaking filmmaking filmmaker I'm honored to be a known filmmaker hey so I just run with it so as a final wrap-up question I would like to uh, ask you like could you give a little message to our viewers and listeners about documentary filmmaking about making a social impact through uh, filming or maybe acting any of the hobbies that they can pick up. So what is your message for them? Um, what inspiration would I give yes. them? Yes. The first inspiration that I would give them is to, if you're looking to make money off of your craft right away, then don't get into it. But if you're, if you're the type of person who's looking for the long run to put in the work and to run a marathon and then at the end to win the goal, then than to get into it. And then even with that, with that being said, you're gonna to have to be able to invest a lot of time, patience, not necessarily money, but be willing to sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice, then just stay working at your job where you're working at. So it was lovely talking with you, Eric Protein Mosley for Global Conversations. Thank you and have a wonderful evening. Thank you for being on my show. Thank you for having me, Mary. Look, look, there go Captain Negro. For real? I'm telling you, there he go. For real? Okay. Okay. There he go. There he go. It's Captain Negro. Check it out. Okay, ma, I'm trying to make it to the top I'm doing pretty good and I can't stop I got a block, what's the movie that I'm trying to drop But in the meantime, I'm still chopping down crops Captain Negro, ma, yeah, that's my meal ticket Gotta stick with it, cause I'm sick with it I can't quit, right now, ma, 
life I'm feeling superhero Oh yeah, Captain Negro Coming through L.A., Captain Negro Coming through L.A., Captain Negro Coming through the bay, Captain Negro Long Beach, Compton, watch Captain Negro I got some chicks in the living room getting it on They ain't leaving till 6 in the morning They up there writing on the script, ma That's what they should be doing I hope they don't flip the script, ma You see my crib, you see my girl, you see my car You see my 12-door car, garage you got a chance to see all of my life scars And now I'm in L.A. hanging out with the movie stars Captain Negro, Captain Negro Coming to L.A., yeah, it's Captain Negro Captain Negro, the superhero From South Central, he coming to L.A. Yeah, he's already here He's just waiting on y'all So what y'all gonna do about it? It's Captain Negro Every time you turn around you gonna be hearing about this brother Oh, oh, I think somebody just got shot up there on 89 and Fig Call him, man You better call him out here, man Here he come It's Captain Negro Yeah, your boy Eric Protein Mosley How you like me now?